Welcome everybody to the Chilled Esports Podcast, and we're up to episode dun 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 thirteen. Thirteen. Yes, the infamous the Doom episode, the last episode, because <laughs> we actually did. Sick, I was sick. Yeah, yeah, that, break. that's fair. That's fair. So, um, yes, we are up to episode thirteen on the Chilled Esports Podcast. And who am I? I, I am your host Eugene Caffin, <laughs> and I am joined alongside me today who's right next to me this time this is actually weird for us holy shit yeah my good i'm doing fan fucking tastic eugene and i am glad to be back after my week of absence i did quite a bit of world of warcraft (laughs) damn he started on the world of warcraft i'm so keen for bfa it's great i didn't have much else to do this week so Mm. Yeah. Anyway, um, dude, let's just let's just get right into it. Let's... Blizzard. Dude, I can go first. Yeah, man. I'm gonna go really fast. So, as I've said, I've been playing quite a bit of World of Warcraft because it's just really fun. I forgot how fun. do all the questing and experience all the old storylines again i'm like oh yeah this is awesome i remember this guy you know mm-hmm. that sort of thing yeah yeah there are a lot of like nostalgic things that you can storylines that you probably haven't done before yeah exactly like i hadn't done um or and i hadn't done i hadn't seen the the split between the me i'm oh, used yeah, to yeah, barons yeah. being like just one mega zone <laughs> yeah one mega chuck norris zone yeah one mega chuck norris zone yeah oh, so much chuck norris. <laughs> and i also really liked they've introduced them into azeroth as well with the um guy went really hard on the vehicle thing as soon mm. as they said well, you know you could be something else other than your character they were just like let's use it <laughs> But I think it's really uh, it it never really feels out of place. Like they don't just sort of put it in there for the sake of being in there, which I quite liked. Mm. Yep, yep. Um, but yeah, so forty, uh, which it actually because when you're a certain level in old Warcraft, it implied you were in a certain area because you know all the areas had their own level. But now with the new system, you know, I, I just say I'm level 40 and you have no idea where I'm actually questing. No, you have no idea. You could be anywhere. <laughs> could be absolutely anywhere. You could be in like... Ashenvale. Yeah, you could be in Ashenvale. <laughs> in like Paralysis. Goldshire. It could be in... Yeah, yeah, it could be in Goldshire. Yeah, you could be in Goldshire. Could you know, Goldshire. you could be in like, you know, Loch Madan. You could be anywhere. Could... I'm in uh, the Desolus. Desolus has seen a lot of changes, actually. It so. has. It, it's it, it's actually green now because because one of the complaints of old Kalimdor was you know, <laughs> just desert everywhere. You 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 go from like the des- the desert zone in Juratar to the de- the desert zone in the Barrens to the desert do- zone in the Desolus to mm-hmm. the desert zone in uh, Tenaris. Yeah. The desert zone. Well, what's south of Tenaris? The Silithus and Uldum. No, north of Uldum. North of Uldum. Oh. Uh, west of Silithus, the other side of Angoro. It goes Silithus Angoro zone. I forgot. I forgot what that's called. Uh, Shimmering sands, burning sands. No, I don't know. What, I don't remember what that is. It's a desert. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you're talking about the desolate. Desolus is were 
west of Pharrellis. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's north of Pharrellis. Man, what we're going to do is we're going to have an Azeroth geography. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to yeah, come Yeah, who can correct the host the most? <laughs> Guys, send it, yeah, at chilledpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> if you can give us a proper map of Azeroth, that would be good. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm liking playing the dedicated healer, and I really actually like the old dungeons now. Because uh, one of the problems mm. with the old dungeons was, obviously, you out-level them, everything's grey, it doesn't really make sense, and you're just like... You just plow through it and, you know, Van Cleef, who's like, dude is <laughs> a wimp. It was like, hmm. um, you go into a dungeon and volumes are good, but then chain pull the entire dungeon and then you'd be done in 20 minutes. That's... Yeah, yeah, fair. It's, yeah. it's good. They're like... I really like having to use abilities and rotations to down the boss rather than just spamming AoE to it. And to... I want to mention as well because um, we've been playing together and it was really, really nice to see tank in particular that I could really set a good went dying immediately to spells. Like, you know, people actually had a chance to do damage and do a rotation, but it was also a chance to, like, you know, judge your group and how well you DPS and your It's actually really, really good to see. Yeah, and um, uh, so my most recent dungeon I did was Alderman, and that was that was quite fun. I had to sort of, I got a chance to really look around while I was healing because <laughs> <laughs> obviously low level healing is very simple. <laughs> well, I remember this. I remember this. Yes. Mm. It was really nice. It was, it was it was good fun. Yeah, it is always a thing in uh, World of Warcraft where you sort of think to yourself, there was a lot of aesthetics that people just never paid attention to because they're too busy looking at health bars or like damage numbers and mm. all these, you know, and like the DPS meters and all this other stuff to really pay attention to yet to the aesthetic. But it, and you get to max level, you don't even largely unappreciated. Um, it's it was just a really nice area, like because they really got the feeling of a of a mine, around, like this this awesome marble cavern, basically full of this ancient technology. Mm. Mm. Um, I didn't get to play much Hots this like Valley. Yeah, the uh, Alterac Pass. Pass. <laughs> I I don't know. What I'm it, always going to call that. Was Alterac it like call, call to Alterac or something? I actually forget. Call to Arms? Alterac Pass? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Call to Arms. That's mm. it. Yeah, Alterac Pass. And Eugene and I, we had an hour and a half to play 10 games to finish the quest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just like, Joey, we're just never going to get this done. And no. then I'm like, I had a revelation. Mm. I was like, Joey. It doesn't specify what mode of game we have to play. <laughs> Pretty much. So what's the quickest game yeah. to spend? Beginner bots. Beginner AI. <laughs> I, I think you said it best. I was like, man, we can do AI games. And then you're like, I've set it to an appropriate level, Eugene. Beginner. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Anyway, so it was... It was actually did teach me a little bit about Metaplay, playing as the beginner bots, because you, you sort of really focus on how do I close this game as quick as possible? And how strong is my character relative to other characters at each level? Mm. 
um, in order to in order to just wedge the advantage as, as hard as possible each time. And we did pretty well. We were getting down to eight-minute games. Yeah, our fastest was six, mm. and our longest was yeah. uh, really, really thinking about it and having a strategy. Our longest was 11 or 12. Yeah. So we had between six and standards. Yes. We, were wrecking, we, were, we were wrecking the beginner bots. Yeah, they, which, <laughs> they were beginner bots. Like, they were beginner bots, which was like <laughs> the the easiest thing in the universe. Yeah. But um, it was good to think about the strategy that we mm. used to try and like close out the game really quickly. In particular, super, super strong. It's mm. um, you, you see them do it in programs all the time. You're like, man, you know, that's a really good idea. But then you never think, man, I should <laughs> well, it, it is it is difficult to do normally because the yeah, timings are pretty precise. Um, I can recommend this to anybody. It's a good idea. Yeah, it's, it's a really a good idea. idea. <laughs> Just take camp level two. Why not? Yeah. Well, anyway. Sure, the moment is because I've found this new idle game that I've been spamming. So. <laughs> I've been doing some elite time wasting, which which also means my my little programming segment's also pretty bare. I've been programming, haven't been gaming. I've just been playing the stupid idle game. Ah! <laughs> I yeah, love Cookie Clicker. Yeah, it's fine. You played a lot of you played a lot of those type of games, like ones I where do. you just watch bars go up and it's the money that you make. It's and... so dumb. Why do I yeah. like them so much? <laughs> it's fine. That's why like that's why all these like mobile games make a yeah. You know, they they make a like a lot of money. Yeah, because, they do. Like people just like to play things that are quick, easy to to do. You know. I will say though, it is actually rather fun playing the idle game while watching videos. So, I think I've got a, a new way to enjoy esports. Mm. <laughs> just idle game here. To cast some spells. All right, let's back back to the esports. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I mean, normally I just have a drink and some snacks or breakfast, actually. Yeah, true. Um, Bacon eggs. Mm. <laughs> and yeah i've also downloaded um truffle which is an ethereum client or an ethereum uh transpiler i think is the technical name for it and that means i'm doing some ethereum programming so i'm, I'm gonna get pet shop up and running and host it on jhtrader.com well when i do <laughs> yeah whenever you decide when i figure out how ethereum works <laughs> yeah cool man so that's it for me, man. What have you been up to this week? Yeah, cool. So this week I um, was on holidays, for starters. So I had every opportunity to do things. Holidays. And um, what I decided to do was um, actually finish out my roster for BFA and World of Warcraft, um, which meant I, I'm actually on a bit of a rampage trying to get all of the artifact weapons. Rampage! Yeah, so I just want to get all the classes that I have near level 110 or even level 100 and just get all of the artifact appearances. I'm not like necessarily doing the Mage Tower, uh, even though they've made it ridiculously easy to do it now by mm. by giving you this scaling weapon at the end that, that gives you every single artifact trait and like infinite um, concordance points. Yeah, essentially, um, I just really just want the normal, um, the just the normal weapons because I think a lot of them just are really cool and have really awesome models. Uh, my big project uh, for this week was my warrior. 
because I uh, I really like the warrior fantasy and the warrior gameplay for pretty much every spec of warrior at this point. The halls of valor. Yeah, it, yeah, it's really cool. Um, I ended up um just really liking the the fantasy where hmm. you get resurrected by a Valkyr and you get taken off to Odin and you know Odin's like. I must test your worth and then like <laughs> you know i've chosen you because you're the mightiest warrior i'm like yes i am the mightiest warrior <laughs> odin. The mightiest. and <laughs> and um yeah so you go do stuff for odin and it's very like viking-esque and i think a way of traveling around in um in in the broken shore or all the broken isles is like you literally jump out of the air in superhero landing in certain zones. <laughs> I don't know how anyone could ever get sick of seeing that. I imagine like maybe two years you might. Nah. Um, but it's just so cool. And then mm. not only that, like you can also like just jump up to Skyhold. That's just what happens. Like I can just imagine this warrior with his like epic Valajar swords just like crouching down <laughs> and all of a sudden doing this massive leap up to Skyhold. Yeah, and definitely, just, definitely. Like, Man, this is so cool. Um, and it really speaks to just how much the classes mattered in Legion and mm. how much I hope they go in BFA. But yeah, so I did that and I finished the class order hall campaign to get the maximum amount of, um, skin variations that I could. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all that, um, all that I've been doing, getting, getting ready for BFA, making sure that I'm uh, ready to kick off everything. Excellent just to go check out all the classes because i have done a lot of target dummy stuff in the beta um but that's really all i've done because i didn't really want to spoil the story too much um some of the pre-patch content is what i'm really hyped for yeah um as well as hots what i found out about myself actually from the very very start ever since i played a moba and in general I just like Bruiser Champions. <laughs> I just do. And I think your first Bruiser was Dr. Mundo, wasn't it? Uh, no, my first ever Bruiser was actually Warwick. Warwick. Oh, Warwick, really? Yeah, yeah, Warwick or Warwick, if anybody... Yeah, anyway, from League of Legends. Um, yeah, yeah. War uh, Warwick for Americans. Yeah, um, is um, with my first real... Um, like bruiser and ever since then i was you know when i was learning league of legends i was like you know oh i just want to play these heroes turns out that all of them are top laners yep and if anybody knows anything about league of legends and blind pick in particular oh, <laughs> you know exactly what happens as soon as you log in yeah and then you know Oh, top mid jung, top mid jung is basically <laughs> what you would like see getting spammed in the chat while Fill people feed. Why you know while people insta lock shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, but basically what what that led me is that I wanted to play some more URL. Yeah. Um, well, she's she's pretty cool. And essentially, if you look at a if you look at like a bruiser. Yeah, yeah, she really is, and especially since the patch uh, that changed a lot of her playstyle is she's they gave her a, bit, a lot more damage. Mm -hmm. So she is a lot more like a bruiser than anything else at the moment. Yeah. Um, she's not going to dominate a lane, right? She's not a big bully, um, but she will just you know be that wall and and stay there and hold the lane. She won't lose it, but she won't win it. And I actually really like that playstyle. Mm. As a matter of fact, it it reminds me a lot of some of the other like tankier bruisers in League of Legends that I liked as well, and a lot of the tanky bruisers that are around now. And it's just a playstyle that I really enjoy. So I'm playing a lot of her and having a lot more success with her playing it in that role rather than trying to be a main tank. 
Mm. I find that if she's the only warrior, it's actually pretty bad. Yeah, I found that too. She's she definitely needs the um mm. the other the other tank to support her abilities because she'll go in and start the play, but she's not the only playmaker. Yeah, yeah, she can't be the only person doing things and her CC is very situational. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it, and is very very prone to being interrupted or whatnot. I know that like good players will use their trait really effectively and can probably like fulfill a main tank kind of role, but I just don't I find that she doesn't have the CC um to be able to do it properly. She has a survivability pretty down. Yeah. She can be up in people's grill pretty much all day and then have her ulti as well to save her. Um Which but, ulti? The Ardent the Ardent Defender yeah, or Sanctify? Ardent Defender. I really like Sanctify Ground now actually. Yeah. I've, been, I've been turned around from the from the esports I watched today. <laughs> This is this is a really good ability actually. You just you just pop it down and it live depends. slightly longer. <laughs> it depends. It depends on how you look at it. Um if if you don't have a strong support, yeah, then I think um Ardent Defend is probably better. Um Also but, if you're doing deep dives, if you're doing deep flanks. Yeah, yeah. If you want to like go in deep, but if you want to hold the point and just be the one the person in the front, Hmm. Then I like on a on a particular area that you know a fight is going to happen. Yeah. Then sanctified ground is really really strong in those situations. So I think it really depends on what's happening. Anyway, um, yeah. So I've been trying her um out um as a solo laner, and it's working out much better than when I was trying to be like a normal tanky main tank kind of person up in the front line. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that really uh, just about does it for me um, as far as what I've been doing. That's that's really all I've been doing. Joey did mention how we got our RAM. We ended up getting it, by the way. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Yeah, we, we got we, it. We actually got it. We played ten games in an hour and a half. Yeah, we played. Ten... <laughs> <laughs> we played ten games in an hour and a half. I didn't think it was possible, but one game every ten minutes. Yeah, for the alliance, and we got our RAM, and everything was all good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's move into uh, actual esports. Yeah, let's go esports. <laughs> I think that's what that's what we actually want to talk about. Oh, definitely. A couple of things. So we'll start off with heroes. Uh, HTC is still in uh, in full swing. We're getting you know a few rounds into this particular phase. So we're in phase two at the moment, and we're up to week three. Yeah, phase two, week three. Yeah, which is pretty good. Um, and a lot of interesting matches have been happening, Joey. They have been happening, and in fact, uh, this week we saw quite a few revenge matches. So this one was the one I did a deep dive on this week was Team Liquid versus Zealots, mm-hmm. and this was this was interesting to me because I really felt like in the playoffs leading up to midseason brawl, Zealots stole the um, Zealots stole the position off Team Liquid, mm, right? Because Team Liquid, like I I, I knew Zealots was gonna. I knew Zelt was gonna get a couple, get a couple wins, but the winningest underdog that one. Holy shit! Because yeah. I, I, I was expecting the final game of the playoffs was going to be Method versus Team Liquid, but it was Method versus Zealots. So, so this time I'm like, Team Liquid's revenge. <laughs> yeah, revenge for <laughs> for the MSB, the MSB spot. Mm. Um, for short, Re- revenge is a dish best served cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. What what happened, man? So what happened was, 
I really saw that Team Liquid were going into this uh, game like Zelts hadn't had a win yet in in this phase, uh, phase two. Yeah, 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 phase two. Yeah, it's uh-huh. the phase. The Zelts haven't had a win yet in this phase where they haven't won a single season. Um, whereas Team Liquid are coming out really dominant. Like like they they took the MSB time to really scrim up and uh, and practice and and focus on their strengths. And curiously enough, on Infernal Shrines, so game one Infernal Shrines, Alex Straza is back. That was probably the biggest. The like the biggest oh my god Alex Straza because I haven't seen Alex Straza very very popular pick on that map in particular yeah uh, not so much on any other maps but on Infernal Shrine she's particularly useful and potent where like the Dragon Queen is um, is just really useful <laughs> oh I, I get it but why not pick Rhaegar um Rhaegar isn't as powerful she yeah. has it, she essentially has a really really large cooldown big healing output and huge aoe damage all mm. in, and it's much better if people are really grouped up mm. it's the big reason why diablo and some of these other people are quite um useful on infernal shrines is just because of the fact that there is terrain and you're really funneled into this particular area yeah definitely like i can't emphasize how really really funneled you are you're really really funneled no, yeah that was really obvious yeah so Diablo, um, Diablo was basically coming in. It was more or less every fight was Diablo opens up with lightning breath, and then everybody else piles in. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was how this game went <laughs> every time. Yeah, cool. Um, and it was also a game of area denial. So we had ha- uh, Hammer Diablo Deckard on Team Liquid. Mm-hmm. And Alex Straza, Phoenix Grey, Minarel, Muradin, on the other one, on uh, Zealots. And basically, it was all about Irel and Muradin were trying to jump in and get a stun, uh, setting up for the Phoenix Salvo and Alex Straza, you know, keeping everybody alive. And Grey Man's go for the throat. And it was that this sort of jump in uh, dive mechanic versus the area denial that um, Team Liquid would bring. Mm. And area denial is just better. Really? It won out in that case. Yeah, it won out. Oh, crazy. They're er- so they yeah. never really gave them a chance to like go in and execute their strategy? More or less. Like the Deckard was just too like they jump in and but Deckard would have already started casting his triangle bullshit. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um and, and that'd get the root and then and then Hammer would, you know, blast them back and you know all all, all the sorts of nonsense that that you see. Mm. And they they couldn't execute it. I think um, I've I've written uh, irrelevant the the, the meme <laughs> that was that was all over Twitch chat for that one. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that can happen there. Right? Yeah, it can. Like she doesn't really do too much when she's in there. Like you know, no. she can displace you a bit and then make sure that she doesn't die, but. Doesn't really have like a heavy, heavy impact a lot yeah. of the time. Anyway, so the the zealots ma- uh, matchup really depended on getting a bunch, getting a lead off getting kills. Mm, yeah, and it, they just it couldn't would've. get it because um, the what I've written here is early uh, kill free game because <laughs> mm. I think the first kill was like level fourteen. Oh wow! Okay, so that that's really kudos to Team Liquid because they were able to just keep zealots off their back, which is really what 
let their more area denial style play shine through. Mm. Sorry, I like that. Yeah, that's cool. In Volskaya, uh, Green Jesus is back. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, Pick. it's mm. something that I wanted to talk about when we go over to NA, but um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In multiple roles as well. Yeah, multiple roles. Mm. There's a solo laner, backup DPS. Just jump in Assassin, you know? You yeah. Versatile I, pick. I also, and original with the Earthquake. I find that he is a very anti-dive hero because yeah. Earthquake is such a good anti-dive tool. So yeah, it really is. It is one of the things that you're definitely seeing. And there was a game that was lost because Thrall uh, went into Dragon Knight mm -hmm. instead of, um, instead of uh, staying as himself. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so... But but who should get in the Dragon Knight then, if if not Thrall? So uh, who else was a valid contender for for DK? Um, there were a bunch of other contenders, yeah. but the thing was is that the Dragon Knight was kind of um rushed at that point. Yeah, of course. It wasn't like a you know. A the, this wasn't a strategy. Yeah, it wasn't a strategy. <laughs> they were just like get the Dragon Knight. <laughs> yeah, um, I understand. Yes, yeah, I've, I've been in that position. Yeah. So Voskaya is of course a Team Liquid special, and they they schooled Zelts. <laughs> I'm just gonna put it that way. And, and at this uh, stage, I'm like, oh man, Zelts are getting wrecked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, basically, folk comp versus a maximum damage comp, which is what I've written in all caps here. <laughs> maximum. Maximum damage, because uh, Team Liquid went for Triple Assassin, the dream. Mm. so this is going to be very explosive yeah, and it was right. it, it was i wouldn't say it was a high kill game but you know i was expecting not this so good what, what i was expecting was i was expecting zealots will hanzo will get a goldy arrow and then you know Li Ming comes in with a bullshit damage and resets uh, tanks jump in resets blah 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 yeah sure um team liquid get, gets team killed every time didn't happen um basically hanzo couldn't get a good arrow Oh really? Just no, you'd never get. They never clumped up too much, and, and not not even once did they clump up. False guy foundry. Oh wow! Yeah, that's pretty. And again, Diablo was um, basically mm. uh, Diablo just kept um just kept the the enemy's bullshit off him. Yeah, cool. Um, and Arel was once again. Oh, actually, th this was an interesting one. So. On the third protector, which is normally the last protector in Volskaya. Yeah, it is. Um, the Chromie time loop is getting... Basically, so... Mm -hmm. Every time uh, Chromie time looped, it was always a kill. That's a really, Never really once. good return on investment for that one. Like, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't necessarily do it because good players will body block the Q mm. on the target. So You know what it was, though? What's that? Not enough unstoppable. Oh, no cleanse or unstoppable or anything like that. Yep. Yeah, right. So so I think that was a there's a draft misplay there. Mm, yeah, that is somewhat of a misplay, but of unstoppable, Chromie will go slowing sands. I mean that's true, but it's like like Chromie's there's actually a joke between casters. Um, mm -hmm. the, the ABCs of drafting always ban Chromie. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of drafting hard rules. Yeah, you can't always follow all of them. Yeah. 
So Arel got hard counted by Diablo, which is really interesting to me. Um, the esports at home. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Arel put down her sanctified ground because she went sanctified for um, the points, obviously. Mm-hmm. And Diablo just pushed her out of it. Yeah, it was just four seconds. Bam. Well, no, not even four seconds. It was like half a second. Value out of her. Um, out of her ultimate. Out of her ulti. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. I suppose that is the. That's the drawback of it, is mm. that sometimes you can't control when you leave it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And <clears throat> basically, it, it boiled down to just on destroying the... Uh, I've, I've got Muradin here, but effectively, once they killed Muradin, uh, it really opened up the team for Liquid to finish off. Because mm. of the because of the high damage, and they could finish off Muradin quickly, because of Diablo's minor ability to lock down, and the um, the chromy timely bullshit. Yeah, right, right. Like he was just taking way too much damage, and uh, I I didn't write down who was healing on Zealous, but obviously it wasn't enough. Mm. So going into game three, Boe. Um, we saw the so Team Liquid were actually a little bit too. Uh, they were a little bit too. Going into this. Oh yeah, you would be there, right? Because you yeah, just destroyed you, them you, like you two, games two, two games in a row. Yeah. And so they went the double Shamatas, Irel, and then they went Karazim to to round out their <laughs> to round out their team. Uh huh. That's a very aggressive. It's a very aggressive aggressive team. team. You know what? It was working. Yeah, right, okay. It was, it was working out for them. Like, they got the first two immortals. Wow, really? Yeah, first two immortals. No mm. problem. Yeah, cool. And what did in the end was... The first Malfurion w- w- was dropped in this game. So it was like, oh, oh wow. Malfurion! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, king. game three! The king! The, the king has returned. The king of heels. The Outstruid is back. But you, but you know what? Um, it actually. So the turnaround on on Battlefield of Eternity was really about level thirteen to fourteen. So most of the game was pretty boring. It was well, uh, uh, it's as exciting as esports gets. No, no, that's not right either. It was a fairly standard Battlefield of Eternity game. Like like like, like there was nothing special about it. And was Diablo got an engagement and the engage was that he would flip somebody into the the, the Mafurian leaves and Leeming and Phoenix bounced on him and there wasn't enough follow-up with Arel on Team Liquid because what they're going for is they're going for Arel solo tanking which was sort of Mm. their downfall and the the Karazim healing output just wasn't strong enough to keep people alive throughout the Diablo Lightning Breath. Oh yeah, sure, because it was very consistent damage. It wasn't yeah, very, very consistent damage. Yeah, right. Yeah, that is a big counter to Karazim. Yeah. yeah. And what this started turning into was it started becoming obvious to me that Liquid's strategy going into this was well, let's dominate the Merle game and then and then secure the game by level thirteen. Mm-hmm. But by level 13 they didn't have the lead required 
in order to get um in order to push on and and destroy Zell's core. Mm-hmm. So what happened was basically every engagement would happen. Uh, Zell's would maybe get a kill in in the early game, and then it would lead to, but it, it wouldn't matter for like for the early game because Team Liquid would come back with a low death timer get the and get the immortal anyway. Mm. But later game, obviously the death timers are a lot longer and. Lo and behold, if if you're dead, you can't be fighting. Uh, Zealots yeah. would always get they'd always get the upper hand in the fight, and bam, it'd turn into two kills, three kills, four kills, and then boom. And so Zealots were able to secure the third and fourth immortal based on the fact that they were able to drag the fight out uh, beyond the Karazin's ability to heal it. Yeah, that is a that is a very effective strategy. Mm. Seeing as most Karazims are taken for the damage, like none of them ever take the... No pro ever really takes the healing one. That's sort no. of seen as like the scrub talent <laughs> no. level one. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, so they can't really deal with like a very, very long drawn out fight. It's all like the Uther problem. Yes, yeah. it is very much Uther problem. I'm out of mana. Yeah, I know Uther. Mm-hmm. You're always oh, no. out of mana. I'm also talking about the cooldowns. Like the cooldowns are fucking massive on that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's a big problem too. It's like, yeah. uh when can anyway. I heal again? Yeah. Anyway, so that that's pretty much what was happening, right? Yeah. So they're able to secure the immortals and then take the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Crazy town. Yeah. So so then so then game four comes out. I'm like, okay, so what's going to happen? Because because at the moment I don't know. Because like I, I was sort of favoring Zelts now. Because I'm like, okay, you know, they, they brought it back. They, we'll find out what what we've been doing since uh, since mid season brawl. Mm. Tomb of the Spider Queen. It was game four. And this one was really interesting to me because it was both teams drafted double tank plus healer. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at like a, like a real team fighty build. It's like, like okay, these guys, there's a front line, there's a back line, there's a healer. This is just standard game, right? You, bam. There's two fists going to... Yeah, going to like bash together yep, until somebody bash wins. Bash together until someone wins. Yeah. Pretty much... I think I know what Zelt's problem was in games one and two. What's that? Zarmany wasn't playing Blaze. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> put, put Blaze on Zarmany. So put Zarmany on Blaze. Yeah. And he wins. <laughs> was he playing? Um, who was he playing? Uh, uh, game one and two he was playing a Oh right. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it was it was death ball v death ball, and I'll tell you, I've uh, I've got a note here in mid game, Blaze Bunker getting maximum value, and Diablo zoning too strong, yeah. too or, or too string, <laughs> <laughs> too string. Essentially, every fight would start with Liaric engages against um against zealots, like Liaric engages against Blaze, Blaze bunkers outside of the outside of the enclosure mm-hmm. to jump out of it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, and basically everyone would just sort of play around the enclosure for a bit, and then Diablo would just pop out and and just do lightning breath, and just annihilate Team Liquid. It was like, oh my god, and Blaze, this is too painful to watch. Please have mercy on the Blaze. <laughs> yeah, that sounds nasty. Yeah, so it was. It was a pretty even game for most of it. Like uh, I, I felt Team Liquid had the upper hand, but no, Zealous definitely came out because 
in the end, Diablo was. I'm pretty sure Diablo's literally unkillable. Mm. I, I I don't think I don't think you could kill kill Diablo, especially being healed by Decker Kane. Yeah, Decker actually doesn't put, put out that much heals, but it was just it was unbelievable the amount of regen that guy had. Yeah, right. Crazy business. Well, he he is a bit of a scary monster when he does get up to 100, 100 souls. So, like, yeah, we all know, and that's why he yeah. sort of had this rework because when you lost it it felt like you know you lost a piece of you oh, no. <laughs> you just felt like oh no how am i ever gonna get this back i'm weak again yeah. God damn it. <laughs> it took you forever but now it's much better so mm. uh, yeah he is a scary monster when he's at maximum souls definitely anyway so game five tales of doom tales of doom mm-hmm. so this was a pretty tense game like well we're coming to the series two for two and you know, Tales of Doom is a very swingy map. You, you can even win if you if you only have one tower left. Mm-hmm. And Team Liquid wins, and you know why? Um, I think it has something to do with Blaze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so the last two games, like, was literally they won because of Blaze bullshit. Mm. Like the, the team fights, if you if you analyze them in the last two games, it, it boils down to Blaze bullshit. <laughs> is like a yeah. major defining factor <laughs> and the first thing team liquid did was they they picked blaze away from yeah <laughs> yeah they probably they probably identified they're like wait a minute yeah we've been losing a blaze yeah no it, it it became really obvious in game four as well because blaze was like super on uh on game four mm, yeah right and yeah, I'm not too sure what to say about the Towers of Doom game, except that by level 13, it was quite obvious Team Liquid was going to win. Uh, yeah. Because they'd, um, they'd captured, they'd done the strategy where you just sort of take over bot lane, and like bot lane becomes your bitch. Oh yeah, the classic strategy in Towers classic of Doom. Classic strategy in Towers yeah. of Doom. And it felt like Zealots, whenever they would try to go in, they just couldn't get the the really juicy engage that had turned into uh, deaths for deaths for Team Liquid, um, because Team Liquid was always like staying alive with the Blaze and the the other people they picked, and it just wasn't it just wasn't the day that Zelt was going to win, unfortunately. Mm. Yep. Well, it just happens mm. sometimes, man. You know, yeah. there are just some games where you go into it and you know that this the other team's just gonna lose like it just goes exactly how you expected yeah i mean yeah. It, it was a really good execution of the um of the bot lane strategy so i gotta say if you want to learn the bot lane strategy in tales of doom mm. it's a very good game to watch yeah game, game five because it was yeah, okay. it was excellent execution on it yeah sweet man it is something that we do talk about a lot and it's something that happens pretty much all the time and mm. is the really dominant strategy on tales of doom is the bot lane control and how you know how crippling and you know good it is yeah yeah the, 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 there's mm. way too much value in, in bot lane to be able to afford to ignore it mm, yeah sure man oh so that's it for that's it for my my eu coverage yeah sweet um my north america coverage is a lot less extensive <laughs> <laughs> so um one thing that, that i normally like to talk about is i like to talk a lot about the picks and what was going on um in north america and what I saw and what uh, what was like going on a lot is that there's a huge fight in particular in the draft over the solo lane at the moment. Like North America is really, really heavily influenced by what's happening in the solo lane. 
And Urel is such a high priority for a lot of teams. Yeah, definitely. Like, I know that we just basically shot on her, like, for that <laughs> entire series just then. But over in North America, she is, like, she is winning a lot of games. Um, but I don't feel it's because she's doing any playmaking. Mm. It's basically she's a really, really solid safe pick that's not going to die. That can engage, that can go in deep, do all these things uh, with a little bit of CC, right? Well, it's essentially yeah. like more healing with Sonya plus the ability to get out once, you, once you've gone too deep. Yeah, very true. Sonya is very much like all in, but there was a lot of teams that were doing all these different things. And in particular versus Tempo Storm, people were trying to like, you know, check out Glarong's um, hero pool. Yep. Turns out uh, you can't because he's a god. <laughs> um, he plays he plays everything in his new, in his new solo lane role. Um, but yeah... Um, very very contested um especially url in particular and obviously there's always a lot of thrall there's a lot of blaze there's a lot of sonya going around pretty much in every game there was one of those one of those solo laners hanging around um as well the hacker is still a big thing over in north america hey the hacker yeah <laughs> <laughs> we won't say the other name Joe. no 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 we <laughs> We have we have another name for Dahaka. We do, and it's not very nice. Um, yeah, so Dahaka is a really good pick for globals, uh, and in particular, globals are a really huge thing on on the maps that they should be. Things like Sky Temple and Dragon and Shrine, etc. Um, one thing as well that is happening quite a bit is Johanna is solidifying herself as like the fucking tank. Johanna Morden mm. are like the two tanks. If you don't know what tank to pick, you pick one of those two um and it's really interesting to see like it's always this ebb and flow about tanks and you know i i keep always you know remembering the days of just a new barack all day every day um you know and it's quite interesting to see that we're going back to this normal like heavy cc low damage um you know frontliner that can do all this you know have it has everything in the kitchen sink is, is what they used to call johanna <laughs> I, I mean johanna is quite um sort of the most amusing johanna plays to me is always when she she's in so deep and you think she can't possibly get out of this <laughs> her only escape is casually walking away and it, it just works out yeah i know you're like well she just casually walked out of there <laughs> yep that's what you do when you johanna. <laughs> yeah yeah it is really good to have that thing like iron skin is very very powerful for that reason and you just think what the fuck is she doing <laughs> She's in way too deep. Yeah, way and too then, deep. And then all of a sudden, as soon as all the CC comes out, she just like says, you know, talk to the hand and then walks away. I did see a really funny microplay on Johanna, actually. Mm, oh, yeah. Uh, so Diablo level 20 was uh, infinite lightning breathing the, the, the enemy core. Oh. <laughs> and, and Johanna was on the left-hand side of lightning breath. She needed to be on the right-hand side. Mm -hmm. So she used Unstoppable to walk through the lightning breath. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like, hey, just can't slow Johanna. <laughs> no, can't slow her down. Can't trap her. It's a bit of a useless play, obviously, because you know they'd already lost the game. But it, it was really funny. Mm. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute, I need to be on the other side. <laughs> All right, I better hit. I better hit unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> um, as well, something uh, that's that's propping up quite a lot over in North America is about the support picks and you probably saw this over in na2 and i yeah. imagine it's very similar is that deckard and mouth are the prominent picks as stukov, far as support stukov has gone the way of the dinosaur he's gone yep stukov's completely gone mm. i know he's just nowhere to be found um 
It's a shame Zelda really could have used Zukov in the Tower's <laughs> 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 of Doom map. I was actually watching some of those. Like, you know, they really shouldn't have picked. They really shouldn't have picked Deckard. They should yeah. probably pick Zukov for this. <laughs> yeah, there are times when you just need need that need that dude. Yeah, um, no, they because they needed the silence to like to to, to handle all the all, all the minions. Oh, all the minions. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is really good for that, right? Mm, Silencing really the sappers is like a really, really good play. You know what? I think you should be high, more higher priority on that particular map solely for that. But it's the kind of thing where you're planning on losing, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like the whole idea is that you don't plan to lose, you plan to win. Yeah, you, yeah. you plan to get the team fights and yeah, um, and take it out. Yeah, rather than be like in the in you know when we lose, then it's yeah. okay because we can silence the you know <laughs> like no, you should just fucking invade and win the fight. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, as well, Karazim's rearing his head around. Yep. Um, he is coming back quite a bit. and I grow uh, healing. Yeah, it is very... Yeah, it is it is that. There's a lot of, a lot of dive happening. Hmm. And in particular, I saw no Divine Palms whatsoever. All seven-sided strike. Yep. You know, there's always... A lot of people are trying to get the solo kill. A lot are trying to get the isolation blow up. Whether it's like stay a while and listen and doing that, or it's like a, a um. I gotta rep the the isolation blow up with stay a while and listen because that's really strong. Yeah, it is. Especially right. against a character like Arel, like Arel will jump in, stay a while and listen to everybody else. And then yeah, and Arel. then just like kill your own. or or whoever's done <laughs> maybe it's whatever. Whatever. Yeah. whatever doesn't actually matter. Um, but he can also just like dive in. I saw, I, I'm pretty sure it was actually a game in Europe last week hmm. where there was a, there was a tank a damage dealer um, and a Karazim and they just picked on whoever was the solo laner. Mm -hmm. Like the tank would go in and then Karazim would dash to them, pop seven sided, they'd, you know, CC blow up and that person could not do a thing about it. Mm -hmm. Like it was pretty disgusting. I was like, oh no get the children face the children away yeah face the children away don't look <laughs> yeah so um as well uh i'm pretty sure so yeah so that was happening with karazine he's there for the wall but there for the damage and it is an interesting style of play hmm. can backfire though as we heard about from um yes yeah yes from the game three from that particular series and one thing that's happening, I don't know if it's happening over in Europe, but Genji, man, he is either 100% pick or ban, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's Hanzo in EU is 100% pick ban. Oh, really? There is a lot of Hanzo going around. It's mm. still, HTC still stands for Hanzo Genji Championship. Yeah. But, um... Well, we did have double Shimadas. Yeah, double Shimadas happened one game. That yeah. is a very interesting one. But, yeah, Genji is almost always picked or banned in the first rotation. Yeah. He just seems like... A lot of the North American teams prioritize them really, really, really highly. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, because I feel that a lot of uh, teams in particular have dedicated Genji players. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so even though he's gone through like all these iterations of like nerfs and changes and like his dash is shorter, it has a longer cooldown, he can no longer get resets during Dragon Blade, it just doesn't matter. He's really good though. Like, that's the. Yeah. <laughs> Because he can, because well, Genji can be like in the back line, and then he's in the front line doing his uh, doing mm. his combo one, day, and then he can be back to the back line all in the same two seconds. So it's yeah, like, yeah, that's very true. Hype, he is hyper mobile. He's yeah, thing. it's just really good, and uh, and he's got the um, get out of jail free card with cyber 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 agility. Yep, and X strike. Hmm. You don't have to use it offensively. I've yeah, seen true. a lot of X strikes used defensively. 
It feels like such a waste, though. It is. Would you rather die there? Use extract. No, I'd rather get a, a mega kill. <laughs> oh well, obviously. Every every extract. You always have to be like pretty kill. good at like geometry if you want to use extract. You know, like you have to line those X's up. No, you just okay. No, your your Hanzo player just needs to hit the fucking arrow. Ah, okay. That's if you're playing shamatas, though. Right? You should always be playing shamatas. <laughs> if you're playing shamatas, though, you need to go the double dragon like. Definitely, thing. definitely. Yeah, definitely. you can't do it any other way. No, you you need to pump the Double Dragon remix yeah. uh, on your YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's one of the interesting picks, though. Um, one thing that I saw a lot from North America this time is some Sergeant Hammer action. And we'll mm. talk about it later in our esports at home. But um, there was a team that was playing against Tempo Storm mm-hmm. that just loved Sergeant Hammer. They're just daring them to play the Sergeant Hammer counters. Yeah. And it, it worked out for them one one of the time, oh, yeah. uh, but not the other time. Uh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Sergeant Hammer's been, like, rearing her head around in a lot of different games on a lot of different maps, not just, like, the, the ones that you would think. Saw her on Volskaya, even on Towers of Doom, mm. and just, all, like, all sorts of different maps. She's been propping up and people playing Protect the Hammer composition. Going Bullet or... Um... Uh, yeah, mostly going bullet. Mm. No, I don't think many people were going the... Um, napalm. Yeah, the napalm strike. So, yeah, it was a lot of bullet. Um, it's just very oppressive, I suppose, like when you get to level 20 when you have orbital. Yeah, it's, it's the mm. orbital time, but normally programs didn't really get to get that high. Mm. I think mostly it's the... Because um, the problem with hammer is, obviously, if you're fighting outside of hammer's range, hammer feels useless. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> so it's like just that, that moment where they're, they're just out of range and you just bullet them because they're focusing on something else. Like, or you bullet the tank or you bullet, bullet the enemy backline yeah, yeah. to help your divers out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that that was one of the really, really interesting picks. And it, it, it's something that I did want to mention is that, um, yeah, it, it, it was played multiple times in the same um, in the same series against Tempo Storm. I forget who it was, actually. Hmm. But, um, but yeah, man. Ballistics? No. no, Ballistics is a Korean it's team. It's a Korean team. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about the mid-season yeah. role. Yeah. Like, right. yeah. Ballistics is like the wrong region. <laughs> what am I thinking? Yeah, it's the wrong region. I actually I actually forget. So yeah, um, that's pretty much what's been going on as far as picks and stuff have been have been going on over in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, there weren't really too many interesting um, series going on um, that I did too much of a deep dive on, but... Uh, one thing that I will say that was quite interesting for me um, as a as a viewer and someone that sort of knows about HGC is um, the endemic roster and that Michael Udall, right, who's normally like an assassin player, mm-hmm. has switched over to play the support role for endemic. No, oh. yeah, so all day. yeah, so he's one of the he's one of the more. Um, so, some of them are well known. Like he's done, a, he's done a lot of um, casting when he wasn't on when he wasn't on the um, when he wasn't on any teams that were at uh, some of the brawls or yep. the um, or the clashes. Yeah. So he's someone that like that Blizzard and the Heroes Esports team goes to to you know actually talk about and mo- and does most of, a lot of the interviews when they talk to the winning teams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is interesting to see that he's swapped over to the um, to the support role. And it's interesting to see uh, his hero pool is actually not bad. Yeah. So yeah, it just speaks to like how classy he is as a player, and um, yeah, you know, I was I was a big fan 
of um of Michael Ewell from like ages back when he was um <laughs> well when the hero scene first came out. So it's like interesting to see like player development. Hmm. Yeah. As well, <laughs> one other note that I want to make is um I don't know how Zuna is still in the HGC. <laughs> Zuna. Yeah. Hi, right, what's up with him? Oh man, I just I don't think he's like okay so this is like me saying that i'm i'm not a good player guys yeah. like i you know well, we're, we're in like low silver no we're, yeah we're woodling yeah to be, <laughs> to be real no not really like bronze is actually really small in heroes okay um we we're in the like large majority of the population yes sure. but zunu just doesn't seem to be a good player unless he's on like the thing that he's been practicing mm. and he's always way really aggressive and always out of position um and it just so happens that he's like playing the solo lane role so um oh, i mean yeah you're yeah. always out of position when you're solo lane. yeah but more than that though <clears throat> he's always hyper aggressive for like no reason yeah sure so it is something that i was that i was picking up by watching some of the games is that i still see zuna making very very similar mistakes sometimes he's a god and makes like the best plays yeah for sure. but that's why he's like you know in that's the, in he's the hdc but yeah so um yeah, no, that's about it as far as North America is concerned. Just something about some of the people, uh, a lot of the role swaps are sort of really hitting home about, like, you know, who's on whose team now and who has all the different expertise, as well as about some of the different picks and bands and shit that was going on. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's basically all I wanted to talk about for that one. Cool beans. Well, it sounds like North America's going off. Yeah, it is, man. It's, it's, looking, it's looking pretty good. I still think Tempo Storm is on the top. And uh, we are getting to see some new, um, well, new team names for one. Um, yeah, yeah, no, we, we had a we had a team name change as well. Uh, mm. I, I I tried to look for their old name, but I, but I couldn't find it. Uh, but they're now called Monkey Menagerie. Oh yeah, Monkey Menagerie. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I'm like, they weren't a team before. No, they weren't. <laughs> so yeah, Monkey Menagerie is pretty sweet. Oh, and I, I I did have some sad news. What's that? Um, worst positioning. Yeah. Is now number seven in the in the open division. Oh no! Yeah, they've uh, they've fallen down. Man, fall from grace. Yeah, but there's um they're still seventh though. So 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 they might get in on the next crucible. Yeah, okay. I I, I did still really like their play. Like like I think they deserve to be in there. Mm, yeah, they possibly had some people leave the team. Yeah, they might have. Mm. Like um, I, I think maybe Granite Gaming or Ozels might have taken some players. Yeah, sure. A lot of that stuff like happens is that they you know other teams offer players things and yeah the huge like roster apocalypse happens <laughs> roster apocalypse between between phases yeah and be even between like you know seasons all right man we have to go on to our last oh no second last little segment is something that almost slipped my gaze this week yeah is the overwatch league yeah um the grand finals are happening holy shit yeah <laughs> so, so nothing important then no nothing important just you know the grand finals of the whole bloody thing um yeah they're going they've been going down over the past couple of days and we right. had day three actually happen today as as we speak and um so is it uh new york uh no they haven't actually played a game yet joey oh really uh, so it's the bottom, the bottom few teams that are that are fighting it out in the quarterfinals. Uh, it, 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 is this a Swiss tournament or is it just a? It's not a Swiss tournament. No, it's a hierarchy. It's a single elimination. Elimination, yeah. Um, but the single elimination is a best of three of five. Okay. 
if you can get what I mean. Yep, I gotcha. Yep. So to explain myself, it's a best of three. So you have to, you know, win two out of the three games. But each of those are a best of five series. Yep. So it's still the standard uh, Overwatch thing where you have to win, um, you know, three out of the three out of five. But then you also, but then you have to do that like another time altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, uh, sort of like tennis with games and matches. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 yeah very true. Very yeah, so, true. so, so, so each each best of five is a set. Yep. And you, yeah. you need to win two into the most games as sets. Uh, like a match will be, a match will be up to three games. Mm. I'm I'm being really confusing. Yeah, like, you are I, being. I know exa- I know exactly what I mean. So there are best of five. You <laughs> yeah, have to win of three five. of those, and then yeah. and then you get one win. Yeah. Okay, and then you have to get two wins yeah. out of a possible three. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That simplifies it a little bit. Yeah. So, um, what was interesting though is it did it in a really weird way. <laughs> so, um, initially on Thursday, um, four of the teams played each other. So we had Philadelphia versus Boston. And we had London versus um, LA Gladiators. Yeah. Right? Which are the four teams that are in the uh, lower bracket. Right? I feel bad for Boston, eh? Yeah, they were doing very well. Yeah, they're, they're, do, they're doing like like absolute champions of, of Overwatch and then the meta changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Brigida <laughs> came out and then the meta evolved a little bit past Brigida and the dive style didn't really help them. And yeah, anyway... Yeah, it was it was pretty bad because in stage three they were just like fucking dominating everybody, and then like yeah. stage four they really really fell off. So um, they used their sort of prowess throughout the whole thing to get into the position they are because a lot of teams didn't make the Ooh, didn't make the finals. Um, so yeah, so in the in the first game, man, it was just pretty much a like stomping, and in fact, most of the games in the playoffs right now have been like complete stomps, dude. Stomps. Yeah, man. I just um, three zeros. Yeah, there there've been a few three zeros and a few, like half three zeros and half three ones. Mm. So yeah, but, yeah. So okay. Anyway, back to the format. It was pretty weird because they they all played on day one, but only one set each, right? Yep. And then um, the next days on Saturday and Sunday today, um, on Saturday was just Philadelphia vs Boston. The next two games, mm-hmm. or you know, if, if they needed to play it. Yeah, sure. Um, which was actually quite back and forth, and it turned turned out that um, so Philadelphia won the first match three one. Yep. And then they go in on Saturday, and Boston just like get the revenge kill. They get the revenge, what you know, three one against them. Revenge is a, <laughs> a revenge yeah. dish best served cold. Yeah, absolutely. So they get <laughs> they get the comeback. They they nice. come out all guns blazing. Nice. And do really really well. Um, but then. What happens is they yeah. go into the next sort of set, and then Philadelphia just dominates them and goes three one again. Holy shit! So Philadelphia, you know, just played really, really well. Like I don't know, they needed some time to like get into the. So what, what is this like? Stomp, counter, stomp, stomp. Yes, that pretty much exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> pretty much exactly what happened. And um, yeah, it was just fucking nuts, man. It was so crazy. Because nah, like, because I think what happened was Philadelphia must have come in with the mindset that they were up a game. Yeah, and that you know that they. I mean, obviously, people were very very serious because this is like 
the Overwatch League finals, like yeah, grand right, finals. So, well, yeah. is this it before BlizzCon, or is it? Or is there another? No, dude, this is it. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, this is it. This is, this is like the big thing. BlizzCon isn't the finals. They'll probably be showing matches at BlizzCon if anything. Oh right, okay. Um, so yeah, this is it then. Like, yeah, this is the yeah, um, yeah. So that happened, and dude, it was just nuts. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Then. The other game that happened on Thursday was London versus LA Gladiators. And man, LA Gladiators, you want to talk about destruction. They went 3-0 against London on the first day. Ooh, that's going to sting. Yeah, juicy, right? Juicy. <laughs> so yeah, so that happened. But then today, which are some of the games that I watched, mm-hmm. um, man, you wouldn't tell that it was the same teams playing each other. Was it like 0-3 or what? Bro, two three zeros in a row yeah. to the London Spitfire. Wow. Fucking insane. It's fucking crazy. So London today, and man, I saw them. They were on fire. They just couldn't like couldn't do anything wrong. I mean, they were making mistakes, right? <laughs> yeah. They were making some like interesting plays, but man, they just they did everything right. And so is it still the Widow Battles, by the way? Like, yeah. Is it still dominated by a bunch of Widow Yeah, battles? so there is a bit of a new meta that that has been hanging around. So what's actually happened, Joey, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised that it's in the finals, is that they've actually gone on the patch with the Hanzo changes. And Ooh. the... I, I'm not sure about the Symmetra changes, but the Hanzo changes are there. So it's the new Hanzo. A new patch for the finals. Yeah. That's yeah. Really so I'm not... Uh, as well as the uh, Brigida nerfs that happened. Yep. So that's all now on the like on the patch that they're playing on, which is pretty nuts. And I've been seeing this like new sort of weird composition where people are running three tanks with a damage dealer, okay. um, and um, and two supports, and not and not just the standard supports. We weren't just seeing Mercy Zenyatta every single game. <laughs> like, Amazing. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like Mercy was there most of the time, but we saw a lot of diversity. Like all right, all right. I was seeing some Lucio picks. You know. So Eugene, Eugene. Yo, who got Stukovd? <laughs> <laughs> who got Stukovd? Mostly it was the Zenny actually. Zenny's gone. Oh. Well, he's not gone. He's not gone. He's, he's still gone. around. Yeah. No, no, he's still around. But it's not just like insta lock Mercy Zenyatta all the yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's like a lot of Lucio love and a lot of Moria love happening. Okay, it's a lot more um, AOE healing then. Yeah, yeah, that's because they're running Orisa, uh, a Diva or Winston, and a mm. Roadhog as their primary um, sort of frontline and, and, and tanking. Like, I saw Orisa in every single game this week. That's weird. Yeah, every single game had an Orisa. Hmm. And. Um, Except for a couple of ones, uh, like uh, Li Jiang, I believe, is the only time that I don't think I saw an Orisa um, on Li Jiang Tower, on, on any, like, um, capture... Oh, no, what are they the called? King, King of the Hill. Yeah, King of the Hill points is the only time that I don't think I saw an Orisa. There are a lot of um, um, assault. Oh, yeah, no, they call those assault, right? That's why you capture the payload and then escort it? Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. But um, I did see a lot of Orisa, and... Something that I was seeing, uh, something that the LA Gladiators were actually doing really, really well, is the goddamn Bastion cheese. <laughs> they would, they were fucking awesome at it. <laughs> high level Bastion cheddar. High level <laughs> aged cheddar. It was extra sharp, <laughs> and it was beautiful. They call it a pirate ship. Oh um, yeah, I love, I love watching pirate ships. Yeah, and oh man, they executed it really, really well. Like in 
all of the games that, like anytime they're on Junker Town, yeah, was just straight up Bastion. They didn't do <laughs> anything else, and um, it was just really, really fun to watch. And like, yeah, that was it was the crazy thing. And what I was really, really interested in the sort of tank play as well. The fact that Roadhog, Orisa, and Devora Winston were just around all the time. Like that was just the you're just a triple tank meta. Hmm. Like you'd see the occasional like. Um, uh you know dives type composition but it wasn't immediately counted by brigida mm. like brigida only came out of, like sometimes in like the damage slot yeah that, that is interesting because mm. um you, you, brigida was you don't ban in overwatch but yeah. brigida was pretty much in every game yeah yeah up until then she was in every single game but do you think it's the it's the hanzo uh buff that, that kills her or um i don't think it's the hanzo buff that kills her no it's the fact that she's not as powerful as she was she's actually sort of a bit of a nerf ah, okay um so a, a lot of her, her cooldowns have changed yeah sure um but also like the prominence of like counters like to her like any sort of long range um hit scan type characters especially like farah is mm -hmm. a really big counter to, mm -hmm. to brigida she really sort of like counters this whole dive strategy like heavy dive i should say yeah sure. like a heavy dive focus so um yeah that's pretty much what was um going down as far as the meta was concerned from the games that i was watching today and man it was just like really refreshing to see like the fact that you know people people talking about whole hogs being good plays whole hog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like oh yeah no it's actually quite true like whole hog is really good and you know just a lot of the synergies like with the orisa ulti as well being really impactful so eugene yo who is the grand champion there's no grand champion yet there's no grand champion yet? no so these two have one mm. uh but that was only the quarterfinals oh, that was quarterfinals. yeah okay. so now um the uh philadelphia fusion and the and the london spitfire have gone on um and they're going to be facing uh let's find out so uh philadelphia is up against my boys the nyxl um, yeah boy so you know we'll see how that one goes go to new york um and the london spitfire are up against the other la team they're just going to crush los angeles into the ground um, <laughs> the, um the la valiant instead of the gladiators what does la get to you know what i don't know <laughs> i've been asking myself that this whole time and yeah. i'm like it's really confusing and if you're from los angeles do you go for the valiant or for the gladiators like how do you make that distinction i don't know i suppose it must be the players on the teams right like it must be yeah you pick whichever players you want <laughs> i would imagine so yeah. Oh, means so semi-finals I'll, probably, I'll, I'll actually be able to watch that with you next week so that'll be good yeah man um yeah they're on pretty good times for us yeah, cool, so cool. um we should be able to catch it it should be really interesting because the meta is very diverse i saw a lot of role swapping um you know there's still a lot of tracer a lot of uh, some tracer genji but then there's also like um mccree's widows Barrows, yep. you know all these sorts of oh and hanzo in particular and then um, you can also run the um, the Ryan Zarya uh, combo as the well. Ryan. Yeah, Ryan Zarya is still a thing. Um, man, there's just all sorts of different things are, are like happening and going around, and it's actually really, really fun to watch. Yeah, well, it sounds like they've they finally landed on sort of the diverse meta because it was um, back when I was watching Overwatch, it was it was pretty much. <laughs> yeah two cookie cutter teams playing against each other each time yeah yeah it's like oh what is this i know it was like tracer genji diva winston zen mercy yep 
like versing each other. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Junkrat throwing every every now and again. Um, yeah, it's still it's still a little bit like that, but you very rarely see Winston Diva anymore. It's mm. always um, you know Winston and a bunch of others, or Diva and a bunch of others. So yeah, well, they, uh, I yeah. feel like they broke the back of the combo. Yeah, I think they did. I I, I really I really think they did. Mm. It's more because you just have people that are really good against dive now, and it's not so prominent a strategy to yeah, go sure. in and get a kill on somebody. You know, it's just a lot harder to sort of execute that. Alright, so yeah, that's pretty much what's happening over on the Overwatch League. Um, a lot of interesting games to go watch. A lot of different maps being being picked as well. Like, I don't think I saw Horizon Lunar Colony. Thank fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, there were a lot of... Um, there were... Oh, no, no Nepal either, I don't think. So it was all Lijiang Tower. Um, I saw... Um, uh, what was the other one? King's Row? Yeah, uh, yeah, Kings Row, Eichenwald, um, you know, a Blizz lot of Blizzworld. No Blizzworld, actually. No Blizzworld. No Blizzworld. So, uh, yeah, they're sort of like picking some of the classic maps, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, saw saw a lot of the interesting interesting maps. Anyway, all right, Joey. What's the time for? It's time for some esports at home. What, yeah, what can we uh, what can we gather from what's been happening this week? Don't pick a rel if you, <laughs> if you live in Europe. Yeah, if you're a European citizen, <laughs> do not pick your rel. <laughs> Whatever you do. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> in other news, so if you're playing against a rel, uh, heavily consider using Diablo. Uh, I, I believe Diablo is a solid counterpick to a rel. A lot of what Diablo does uh, really ruins what Arel wants to do. In particular, Diablo can push her out of push her out of her ulti. That's that's like a big thing. So you waste her ulti for like absolutely no no, no resources resources at all. Mm. Um, you can shut down a lot of her charging animations if you see her charging with uh, any of your abilities. Yeah, right. Because she you can interrupt her. Yeah. Yeah. And in general, one of the really good reasons Diablo is a good counterpick to Aurel is because when she creates a circle of, like, this is my circle, um, Aurel's team funnels into the circle. And what does Diablo want the most? He wants everyone to be, he wants everyone to be together. So they're so all hugging can, each like, other. lightning breath. Lightning breath the, the fuck out of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> lightning breath and back to hell. Back to hell. Your souls are mine. So, yeah, Diablo is a just a really strong pick against Aurel. If you're having trouble against Aurel, maybe try uh, learning some Diablo. Mm. Already way ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leeming vs. Chromie is actually an interesting map matchup as well. If you so try to get into the position where you can always see Chromie. Like like this is the first thing. Or if you're a tank, um, make sure your Leeming can always see Chromie. Because Chromie's animations are just a little bit too long. And if you can guess when Chromie's going to cast... Like, I, I saw this a, a couple times in the Volskaya game. The Li Ming was able to see when Chromie was going to cast because Muradin was always in position and watching Chromie. And Li Ming got her full combo off every time. Every time? Every time. Yeah, crazy. Just a full QW with, um, with, all, the, with all the magic missiles hitting Chromie. And you know it takes off a third of a bar. 
Yeah, well, dude, it's going to take over a third of almost anyone. Yeah. But especially Chromie. Yeah, that is something that I haven't considered. And I think it's like a subtlety that a lot of pros can do is, you know, exploit the fact that Chromie's animations are actually quite long. Yeah. And quite sort of predictable. Yeah. And, you, you know, the whole Chromie gameplay is uh, Chromie's trying to predict where you're going to be. But, you know, if you can predict when Chrome is going to cast a spell, you just get a... And you're playing a poke character, you just get your full combo off. Mm. So, that, so that was it for my little hot tips. Yeah, cool. From watching the price. Yeah, so one thing that I wanted to talk about is the fact that... Some, one of my interesting picks and one of the things that I saw quite a lot happening is Sardin Hammer picks. Sardin Hammer. And a lot of the discussion that was happening and going on from the um, casters is how they're going to counter this sergeant hammer mm -hmm. because it was quite like a high pick and was one that they were sort of known for yeah so it's either do you ban the sergeant hammer um you know in the first or second rotation to sort of take it away from them but or if they pick it you know what how do you counter it and this team was nuts and picked it in like the second rotation or the first rotation or something wackadoodle like you know <laughs> Because Sudden Hammer is quite counterable, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's quite counterable. And they sort of, you know, got to pick their own, you know, adventure as to, like, what, you know, how are we going to counter this? And so, um, obviously, the big one that screams to mind is, you know, is Chromie. <laughs> obviously. Like, yeah. Like, just, you know where she's going to be. You know, exactly, you know exactly where Sudden Hammer is going to be. She is not very mobile. And yeah, I just think it's such a crazy counter that you'd be sort of stupid not to pick it, you know. Exactly. Like, um, Sudden Hammer though does have a little bit of uh, a um, a better time against Chromie um, if she gets looped, temporal loop that is. Yeah. Because um, Sudden Hammer can give herself fifty armor. Yeah. At any at any point in time, provided she's not stunned, that is. Um, yeah, so I think that is quite effective against like a combo that you can see coming. And um, there is a question about whether or not people should be able to see Chromie's Dragon Breath, but that's another that's another discussion. Um, but quite often, um, you can't really see where, when or where the Chromie is going to try and combo you. So it is quite a, a crazy thing to see. Um, Interestingly enough, though, Tempo Storm in their games didn't actually pick Chromie to counter the Sardin Hammer. Why? I don't know. That's so weird. They just didn't. Either they didn't have anyone that played Chromie, um, or they thought um, it was too much of a risk because you have to be accurate. Yeah, well, that's yeah. very true. Obviously, they're professionals, so they should be accurate. Yeah. But um, I say should be, but you know. You know. Yeah, so... Um, one thing that they did try and do is actually just pick Hanzo into the Chromie. Um, and what they figured was that they could get enough, enough, get, getting enough value out of, out of Scatter Arrow and, um, what's it called? Straight Shot? Yeah, uh, it's not called Straight Shot. I, it's called Stormbow, I believe. Stormbow? Okay. Yeah, Stormbow and, uh, and Scatter Shot. So get enough value out of that to be able mm. to get hammered down enough to be able to contest her at the very least. Yeah, sure. um it didn't really work out well. it worked out okay for them as well as the fact that hanzo has arrow which is a really really good thing considering you know Chromie's going to be in this one position yeah exactly. so you're pretty much always going to get the stun on her and can dive in later i guess you can get you can get your stacks up pretty quickly yeah you can get your stacks up pretty quickly as well on your um on your geometry. yeah simple geometry so that's yeah that is pretty good so 
they did really they did try to use that a lot um, as their counter, and I feel that it could be an okay counter mm. um, as well. Uh, they tried the classic. <laughs> The guy that gets the bitches. Stitches. <laughs> yeah, so Stitches, I feel, is something that you can pick in order to counter Chromie. Uh, Chromie. Oh, sorry, Sudden Hammer. Yeah, Come on. Yeah, yeah, because, um, again... But she just zooms off. So predictable. She does zoom off, right? So that's why you need some follow-up. Yeah. So you can't just like blind pick the stitches like you like you would normally. You need like a roots or a stun or something else other uh, like to try and get her in. Quite often, if you get hammer close to you, it's enough for for your damage dealers to get a little bit of damage on her. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if not the kill, so I think stitches is another good pick because. I'm not saying that Sudden Home is going to be in every single game now, <laughs> but with... You're also not saying she's not going to be in every yeah, single game. Yeah, <laughs> but with, the, with some HGC exposure, I am predicting some extra hammer play going around. You know what's going to happen. What's that? You've made a prediction. It's going to come exactly <laughs> false. You're never going to see her again. Yeah, I'm never going to see her again after this. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to like talk about some of the possible counters, and I think... Of all these ones, the one that I like the most is is not actually Chromie. Okay. Chromie seems to be the easiest choice. The one that I like the most is like diving in on her face. Yeah, definitely. It's so satisfying. Uh, it, it is. And like if you, if you get the Arel dive or the Murden dive, it's like you just boom, boom, boom. You're just punching it to death. And it's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Take that siege mode. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I I actually prefer just the dive because as much as she can knock people back mm. uh, and give herself fifty armor, I feel like if it's executed properly, um, that there's not much that she can do against that. Like obviously, if you play a composition that's all about protecting her and about uh, you know um, going against the blow up, then yeah, sure, it's probably going to work out well for you. Um, but quite often in a hero league setting, people aren't really thinking about that type of strategy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so if you see a wild hammer out there, most likely her teammates are going to try and uh, protect her, which is obviously what you need to do. You need to try peel for your hammer at all costs. But they're not really going to be picking the optimal hero, especially not at our elo anyway. Yeah. If you're up higher elos, they probably will be. Um, but yeah, I think dive is a very, very good strategy and just fight her and, and, um, you know, reduce the effectiveness of that, of that as a hero. Um, one other thing that I saw Tempo Storm do, uh, to try and counter the hammer is to just not fight it at all and pick globals. Um, one thing that they did when they were on Towers of Doom is they just contested another lane. Hmm. They so, just, yeah. so they always pick the global against the deathfall. Uh yeah. So they yeah they just picked globals against it. Um, they sieged. You know they went hard in the other two lanes and just you know picked a um picked a three man that was able to hold their own. Yeah. So they're able to hold the loan to stop the hammer from uh from sieging up and taking their wall and left the other two um to just be able uh to be able to um to go siege and get experience in the other lanes and try and bully them down yeah um yeah so that i feel that that was a that was an effective strategy just like contesting another lane that hammer isn't in it so, goes yeah, against like, everything that it, it really yeah. does because like when when hammer's mm -hmm. hammer's sieged up and like killing your towers for free 
And you're saying, don't be in that lane. It's like, yeah, it what is, do you mean, don't be in the it lane? It is really hard. Like, <laughs> you know, if we give it any sort of quick match on ranked solo, people are like, get the fuck down here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, people get really, really mad yeah, if no one responds. Yeah. If no one responds to Hammer. But, yeah. you know, if you go in with like a strategy, this is obviously like a doing team league with your, you know, with some of your friends or whatever. Mm. Um, yeah. Fair I enough. think it could be a good strategy. And um, so one other thing I, I had for esports at home was um, mm -hmm. pick Blaze and pick the bunker. At all costs. <laughs> yeah, the bunker is uh, is life and love. Yeah, because because it, it just gets you out of anything. Mm. I wouldn't say anything, anything, but, but a large, <laughs> a large number of things. Like, like like if you want the god plays where you get away with two health, you need the bunker. <laughs> Yeah, Blaze is the king of surviving, as much as Johanna is as well. But Blaze is like the flashy, yeah, the flashy get out of nothing because, like, you know, you'll put like the bunker over a wall or something. Or also, yeah, I didn't know that the bunker could go over Leoric's um could go over Leoric's enclosure. Yeah, it can. Yeah, and you just you you, you just bunker out of it. It's like yeah, yeah. Sorry, Leo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The entomb is heavily counted by bunker because, <laughs> like, yeah, you can just bunker out of that, bro. Mm. <laughs> yeah that's why we haven't been seeing a lot of leo if there's blaze because blaze is just a get out of jail free card yeah, yeah it really is so anyway all right man better for you that's it for me all right well i'd uh, like to thank you for joining me joey um it's been very different to you know have you physically next to me <laughs> yeah i know that's no, nice though I, I actually quite like it mm. yeah me too um, yeah, so that just uh, wraps it up, guys. Um, just so you guys know, if you ever want to send us an email or contact us in any way, uh, we take emails over at chilledpodcast at uh, gmail.com. Slip me there for a second. Yeah. I was like, what's our email address again? Yeah, chilledpodcast at uh, gmail.com. We are also Twitter. We are chilledpodcast at chilledcast. Um, you can also find the full catalog of all our episodes over at jhtrade.com slash chilled. Joey, where can people find you? So you can find me at my very number one premier website, jhtrade.com, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> where you'll see my legacy port programming portfolio from when I was a uni student. You'll find the complete catalog of chilled, chilled esports episodes and my very own uh, blog, Meme Driven Development, which has nothing nothing to do with memes or development <laughs> <laughs> but it is driven Good, but it's driven and you have drive and pretty soon i might be releasing a blockchain app who knows oh my god adapt as it were excellent joy um yeah you guys can all find me over at twitter i am at oval gene if you want to send me a tweet want to talk about anything show me anything i am contactable there all right and that just wraps it up for me Thank you very much, guys. Stay easy, stay breezy. All right, take care, everybody.